welcome to the OptiMove podcast. In today's episode, you'll hear a word which you might not know, but it's incredibly important in dealing with any dizziness, balance, or falling problems. That word is proprioception. Proprioception refers to our understanding of where different parts of our body are in space. The key point to look out for is that proprioceptive problems go undiagnosed all the time, and they cause balance problems. We see this commonly among very many of our clients at OptiMove, and we get lots of questions about it. Here in a moment, you'll learn why that is, what you can do about it, and overall just everything you need to know about this incredibly important part of dealing with balance or falling problems that flies a little under the radar. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. All right, welcome everybody to the OptiMove podcast. We have with us here again today, Dr. Jeffrey Guild, and um, we're going to talk today about a word that comes up over and over again, and that's proprioceptive loss or proprioception. Uh, What is it? Oh, that's a great question. And so it's basically our sense of knowing where our legs are in space. And we all have this this sense, unless if we don't. Um, And so it's a very important sense. And what it really does is it gives our brain basically automatic information, um, nearly instantaneous information about where our legs are. So if you can imagine, you know, you're, you're watching football on TV, you see, you know, somebody trying to catch a pass or whatever it is, you know, the ball's in the air, they're focused on everything except their legs. The legs just go and their legs are going over each other, around each other. And somehow magically the legs don't run into each other, right? They don't have to consciously think about where their legs are so that the legs don't run into each other. So the reason that we're able to do that is because of proprioception, the ability to know where our legs are in space or really any joint uh, for that matter. So we have this sense for all of our, basically all of our joints. Well, so that's clearly why it's a very important part of our lives. If something is going um, maybe like awry with our balance or falling, what are some signs that um, the proprioceptive system or proprioception is um, what might be a part of what's going on? Yeah. And we see this a lot. And and particularly because we work with people with balance problems and dizziness and things like that, a lot of our clients uh, have a proprioception problem along with everything else going on with them or the proprioception problem is the main problem. And the biggest problem with that, of course, is it's often undiagnosed and unrecognized. And um, so what people will find is they'll uh, they'll find themselves falling randomly. Uh, they'll find themselves tripping up on curbs uh, or on stairs. They need to use a railing when they go up and down stairs when otherwise their balance might appear to be fine. But curbs, uh, random trips, uh, very random falls that can be um, chalked up to something, if that makes sense. So I was uh, walking through a construction site and I fell that way. But people in their 20s, 30s and, and 40s don't necessarily fall walking through construction sites, right? So that's not a normal thing. But when people have a proprioception problem, they will rationalize it as a normal thing. I tripped over something and then I fell that way. So there was a reason for it. There was a reason for it, but it wasn't because you tripped over something. The problem was people will trip and they can't recover from it. Their responses might be fine. If you challenge how, how quickly they can respond, it might be perfectly fine. They can react quickly. If you test them on a normal kind of flat, predictable surface, they respond very normally, very quickly. They take a nice, good quality step very quickly, which is a normal response, um, and then they're fine. But it's these random situations that their body cannot adjust to. And that's because basically when they trip, they might start responding, but their legs just don't know where to go because they don't know where their legs are in space. Their brain is not getting that information. 
Well, let me ask you this then. Um, can you give us a sense of how common this is um, the case if there are balance or falling problems? Because it's a word that a lot of us haven't ever heard before, but that certainly doesn't mean that that's not what's going on a majority of the time. Correct. And it's a very common problem. And we probably the vast majority of our clients have uh, have a proprioception problem along with the other things going on. Now, we also have a our clientele tends to be a lot older and more medically complex. A lot of times they have uh, problems with dizziness and they're falling already, or they have a balance problem already. So what we see is not representative of the general public. However, if someone's having a balance problem or a dizziness problem, it, there's a very good possibility that a proprioception problem is there along with it. And the problem is it's often not tested very well in the healthcare system. And so it's not put together as a piece of what's contributing to the falling. So if, if it turns out to be that that is the case, what causes it? Which, oh, what causes the proprioception yeah. problem? Yeah, it's, um, so there's a number of things that can cause proprioception problems. Um, you know, we do see that uh, as people get older, they tend to have a proprioception problem. Um, but I wouldn't say age causes it per se. Uh, there is what we call proprio- um, idiopathic peripheral neuropathy, which is a big fancy word for we don't know what's causing it. Um, and so there's a lot of idiopathic of a lot of different uh, diagnoses, and it's basically we don't know. Uh, there may there may not be any history to the person to explain why they have this problem. There's nothing that adds up and they just have it. Um, and so the key there is to just recognize that it's there and then to uh, empower them to get back to living their life uh, as independently and um, productively as possible and to get around as well as possible. Um, other things that can cause it very commonly, uh, back problems, uh, back surgeries. Um, so if you're having you know back issues, especially with radiating pain down the leg, uh, back surgeries, those sorts of things, um, neck surgery, same thing. And the reason for that is because there can be damage uh, at the spinal cord or at the nerve that comes out of the spinal cord. And so if you think of, let's say like a bulging disc, so people have uh, problems with, um, with a bulging disc and it presses on a nerve and that disc keeps pressing on that nerve over time and it can wear away on that nerve. And so they, it depends on where the damage is on the nerve and people, but people can live months and years in this way. Um, and so down the road, they can experience um, all sorts of sensory type problems, you know, numbness, pain, uh, tingling, but it's not all, it's not always those things. It can be something more subtle, like a proprioception problem. And that's often unrecognized. So then they find themselves years later, uh, falling, uh, randomly and they don't know why. And what's actually happening in that sort of a case is they might have a, a vestibular system or inner ear balance system that's gotten older and not as strong as it used to be. Uh, they may not be as quick as they used to be. And then on top of a proprioception problem, they, they start falling. Uh, so it's accumulation of all these things, other things that can cause it just, you know, orthopedic injuries, you know, uh, repeated sprained ankles, um, can cause it, uh, toxicities, you know, ca- uh, cancer treatment and things like this. So sometimes there's, uh, we can look at the person's medical history to say, this could be a contributing factor to this. Um, but sometimes we just don't know. And so it's, we just, yep. Idiopathic peripheral neuropathy. Uh, the main thing to know is that to recognize that it's there, how severe is it? And then what to do about it? Well, let's talk more about that. So let's say, um, that it is recognized in the client that maybe that could be, um, something that's there. What can be done about it? 
So the first thing to do is is education. So if they have a very severe or complete uh, loss in their ability to know where their legs are in space, there are some compensation strategies that need to be done at that point. So it'll be teaching the person, you know, always use a railing whenever possible because you're not going to be able to rely on your legs knowing where they are when you're going up and down stairs, um, at least not consistently. And that's why they'll trip up the stairs, they'll fall down the stairs, uh, which of course is very dangerous. And oftentimes they're using a railing anyway. And some of it is just the acceptance of, yeah, it's okay to use the railing. There's nothing wrong with it. In in this case, uh, we want you to use a railing and probably for the rest of your life, which is fine. Whereas with other people, if they don't have a proprioception problem, they just have a lot of other balance problems. We might get them to be able to walk up and down the stairs without using a railing at all. That might be something that they want to get back to doing or striving towards doing. If someone has severe to complete proprioceptive loss, that's not going to be an appropriate thing to get them back to doing. So, you know, using railings, um, again, construction site or any of those sorts of situations, these random things, these random situations that people will put themselves in, um, being much more aware and, um, recognizing when maybe I shouldn't go that, go, go towards that route. Right. Um, the most dangerous situations when you have, when you have severe to complete proprioceptive loss. And this even goes if the person has great balance otherwise. So everything else might be fine. All they have is a proprioception problem. It's dark environments, stressful situations, um, a lot going on, um, kind of random things. And that's when people tend to get tripped up. They're not aware of what's going on as much. And that's when they might get tripped up and fall. Well, can we double click into that a little bit? Uh, dark environments, tell us about that. Yeah. So the main thing to know is that we have basically three ways in which we balance basically. So we have our vision, uh, so we can see the world around us. We can see the horizon. And, um, as we're moving our head and, and living life and doing all these things, our vision helps, helps us balance about, a, you know, a third of how we balance. The other is the vestibular system, the main central balance system, which is basically you can think of from the top down. Um, we call it the inner ear balance system just because of where it's located for, I think it's best to think of it as completely separate from hearing altogether, just to make it simple, which may or may not be completely accurate, but for simplicity, if you think of it as just completely separate from, from the hearing, um, so that people don't get confused, but it's basically our main central balance system. We just happen to have its two major organs, uh, in the, in the ear, in the inner ear. And so basically we, we can control our balance from the top down. When our head moves, we have to know where we are in space. When we're accelerating, we have to know where we are in space. So that's our vestibular system. It also tells us about our posture and to how to be upright. So we have our vision, we have our proprioception, and then our vision and our vestibular system. And then we have our proprioception. So that's the third one. And also our ability to, for our feet to feel where they are on the ground. And so you have those three, three thing, main things. If you take away one of those things, then it limits your ability to balance successfully. So you can think of a, um, think of a young 20 year old, right? So, um, if they stand on one leg with their eyes open, they'll, they should be able to stand on one leg just fine. Um, if they can't, then there's, there's another problem. Now, if they close their eyes, imagine that young 20 year old all of a sudden getting very, very wobbly, um, no matter how good their balance is. And that's because we've put them into a very challenging situation with their balance. We close their eyes. Now all that's left is their vestibular system. So basically from the top down, the brain on down, and then also, 
their proprioception and the foot feeling the ground. So just by closing their eyes, you've taken away a third of what helps them balance. Correct. And if you, you can imagine someone, let's say um, uh, an 80 year old, correct? Let's say they have you know, mild to moderate proprioceptive loss, which is not uncommon. We see that all the time um, with that with that age group. Um, their vestibular system is not as strong as it used to be. Uh, life has slowed down. It's been a long time since they've done, you know, uh, going on turtle whirls and done spinning, you know, spinning playful things um, other than with their grandchildren. So their vestibular system is not as strong as it used to be. And their vision might, may not be as good as it used to be. And you can imagine that 80-year-old then walking around in the dark. And on top of that, their fast twitch muscle fibers have declined over time. So uh, basically our that takes away their ability to react quickly uh, if they lose their balance. And just the way that they have, the way that they move has changed as well, uh, more than likely, not always, um, but all these things come together. And then if they, if their legs don't know where they're in space and then they're walking in the dark, that's a lot of things that have been taken away as far as their ability to be able to balance successfully. And that's when falls tend to happen. Right. Um, Earlier in this episode here, you outlined for us some really good ways to go about um, thinking about how to treat this. Um, can you tell us, though, if it is diagnosed correctly elsewhere, what are some common treatments that other people go through that are maybe not so ideal? Yeah, it's oftentimes what people will do is those three systems of balance that we talked about, the vision, the proprioception, um, and then the vestibular system. Oftentimes people go into physical therapy and they'll you know, they'll do very basic balance training, right? It will be, um, a lot of, you know, standing with their eyes open, eyes closed. They'll stand on a foam pad and, and all these different things, which is good. And it's a good start, but it often doesn't challenge the balance system the way it needs to. And really what we want to be doing is, and, and by the way, that's a very common uh, story that we hear all the time from people. It's, it's the, yeah, they had me stand, uh, eyes open, eyes closed. They had me stand on a foam surface, uh, eyes open, eyes closed and, and all these different things. Um, but really what we want to be doing is we want to f- challenge the vestibular system even further because a lot of times when people have a proprioception problem, we're not going to, oftentimes we're not going to be able to bring that back if it's a complete loss or if it's gone to a point that can't be brought back. Um, so the way around that is to basically make the vestibular system very, very strong. Now, sometimes there's something wrong with the vestibular system itself that might be unrecognized. There's like, there's little reflexes that are off or there's coordination, uh, that's off. So we have to be able to coordinate our head and our eyes to move together in order to make sense of the world. And we have a lot of basic reflexes and, um, basic coordination that goes along with that, that can decline as we get older, or if there's been a neurological diagnosis or, a bunch of different things or a head injury. There's all sorts of causes for this. So if we don't recognize those problems with the vestibular system, it can be very difficult to then make that vestibular system stronger. And just standing with our eyes open and eyes closed doesn't address those problems with the vestibular system. So we need to figure out where are the problems with the vestibular system and address the root cause of those problems specifically. And not only that, we have to do our best to really stimulate the vestibular system, which is getting the person to move their head optimally, which is a skill in and of itself. A lot of times, especially when there's a balance problem, we have to make sure that they're safe given where their balance is. We have to make sure that they're safe given where their, their uh, ability to respond correctly is. And so sometimes people don't like to move their head 
it can be a skill to get them to be able to move their head uh, fluidly again, especially if they have a balance problem. What you'll find is people hold their neck really rigid. So you have this overall problem where you have a declining vestibular system because they have a balance problem or they have dizziness on top of that. It's fed into the that with a proprioception problem where they can't feel where their legs are in space. So all these things come together. So all to say it's a very, very holistic approach that needs to be taken. Find the root cause of of the vestibular uh, problems um, and then strengthen the, the vestibular system uh, very specifically and very safely and very appropriately because we can also overwhelm the vestibular system. So this is a skill that takes a lot of experience and uh, a lot of mentoring, a lot of education. So I, that's oftentimes why people don't get the type of treatment that they need. There just are not enough specialists out there who specialize in in um in the vestibular system, and to ha- know how to progress people properly uh, to make that system very very strong. So basically, st- strength strengthening that vestibular system to make up for the proprioceptive loss basically is the answer that we're looking for. But again, it's doing it in a way that's that's optimal, and it takes it takes time, it takes work, it takes um takes a lot of repetition, um, and it takes the skill to progress people. Um, to be able to do that again in a safe environment. So why, if the problem is proprioception so often, why is it so commonly undiagnosed? Oftentimes it's not tested for, um, when people, let's say they go to the doctor or what we commonly hear from, if people go to a neurologist, they'll, the way we test for it is it's a very simple tuning fork and there's a reason for that. So basically the same neurological pathway that gives us a sense of proprioception is the same neurological pathway that tells us about vibration. So we can very accurately use a very simple tuning fork to test someone's proprioception. And, you know, you can use, you know, an you know, EMG study and all these different things, which is very expensive and time consuming and everything else, or you can take five minutes and use a tuning fork and do it. Um, so one of the reasons is probably undiagnosed is because, well, if we have to send them in for a large EMG study that costs a ton um, and takes a ton of time, well, you're not going to test for that if it's not the main thing that you're looking for. But if you take a simple tuning fork, you can take five minutes. Now, what we hear from our clients is they'll go to the neurologist and then they'll come and see us and they'll say, oh, yeah, my neurologist you know, did that, too. They put a tuning fork on, on my leg. And I'll, I'll often ask them, did they tell you? what they found or what it meant. And the answer is almost always no. Um, and so I don't know exactly what's going on with all the other testing. So it can be that they test for it, but then it's not included as part of what's going on as far as education to, to the patient or the client. Um, it could be that they're just testing to see if they can feel it overall. And then once that, if the person can feel it, then that's enough, which is not the complete test. Um, and so it can be a combination of all those things. So basically when people go to uh, the neurologist or their doctor or, or physical therapy, they're, they're not getting the full complete test or they're not getting told about what it means or how it me- what it means to their life. And it's very rarely do we find someone who has been tested before. We're usually the first. That's actually really interesting. Can you run us maybe for someone who's never had the tuning fork test or, or doesn't understand how that works? Can you run us through that? Yeah, it's um, so basically you uh, put a tuning fork um, on on someone's um, ankle bone. And basically the question is, can you feel it first? And then after that, it's let me know when the tuning fork stops. And then 
how accurate the person can tell you when the tuning fork stops give you a good gives you a good idea of how their proprioception is and so basically it's um you can feel the tuning fork in your hand if you're doing the test if that is, if that is very different from what the person's telling you then you know that there's a proprioception problem. Wow. So that's like a really quick and, and easy quick way to and just, easy. yeah, quick, easy, inexpensive. Um, the crazy part, you know, vestibular rehab and uh, balance, uh, rehabilitation, all these different things, they don't take much equipment. Um, it's a tuning fork, it's blood pressure cuffs, it's a pen, it's, you know, these sorts of things and a lot of expertise. It's this, the skill, uh, that's there. It's the, it's the process of diagnosing properly. Um, that's, the most important part of it. It's not fancy as, uh, medical tests that get you there. It, and I think that's one of the problems with, uh, with the vestibular system or the vestibular specialty overall. Yes, you can do all those very expensive things. Uh, there's plenty of equipment that you can use, but you don't have to, it can be done very well without much equipment at all. Um, and so going back to the proprioception problem, simple tuning fork, the evidence supports that it's uh, as accurate as a, an, an expensive EMG study. And um, it's very simple and quick and easy to do. Well, wow. and maybe, as you said before, maybe because the other options are so expensive, then that's a big reason that it goes undiagnosed because people are, are or the clinicians are maybe like a little bit less readily uh, handing those tests out or something like that. Whereas if they had this option or if they're thinking in this way, they'd be a lot more inclined to test for something like that. Absolutely. Now it doesn't, it's not that it doesn't take a bit of time. Um, so if you're, if you're going and see a, a physician and you're in there for, for five to 10 minutes or 15 minutes, even as is often the case, you know, there's so much that the physician needs to tackle that this, that, that proprioception oftentimes is just a small piece of what's going on because if they're seeing a neurologist, um, Oftentimes there's a lot more going on than just that. And so they're looking at a whole host of things and the way that that insurance and Medicare is today, there's less time for the physician to be, uh, to be with the, with their patient. And so then all these little details that they would get to otherwise, uh, they kind of have to skip over, uh, oftentimes. And, and I hear this from, from, uh, physicians, from nurse practitioners, from physician assistants all the time. It's okay. What can you tackle in the short amount of time that, that the person's in front of you? It's the, it's the medication list. It's, it's all these other things that need to be addressed when they go into their internal medicine doctor or their neurologist or uh, ear, nose and throat doctor. There's all these other things that they got to do. And that goes to the problem of the healthcare system overall. If we're spending less time, uh, with the patient, then, we're missing out on some of these details that we would ordinarily test. And, and what we do know, no matter what's going on is by the time people get to us, this, this is not being tested for, or if it is the, uh, they're not getting the edge the, the patient, the client's not getting the education on it. Um, or it's not being tested uh, completely. Wow. Yeah. And, and so maybe just stepping back more generally for the big picture, what, um, like how, how does proprioception tie into our balance overall? Yeah. So back to the, the three ways in which we balance so our vision, our vestibular system and our proprioception. So we're, 
I often talk about this, this scenario of, you know, crossing a busy street, right? So you're walking, you're holding conversation, you're turning your head side to side, you're walking at a nice fast clip, you're have to walk a straight line, you have to do all these different things, um, in order to do that safely. So, you know, while you're turning your head, your vestibular system and your eyes are keeping, are giving your brain information about where you are in space. Um, both of those things tend to help as, as you do those things, it's very difficult to walk a straight line and be turning your head with your eyes closed. So that type of, uh, challenge would overwhelm, uh, a lot of people, even, uh, young, healthy people, like they're going to veer off to the side if they, if they do that. Now their eyes are open, they're turning their head side to side, looking for cars. Their legs also have, and all their joints have to tell them here we are. Right. And so then we're getting information basically from the bottom up to tell our brain, here's where our joints are. So as we go up and step up on this curb, and as this, as this uh, street is kind of uneven, and then there's a pothole here, our legs just automatically tell our brain what's going on. So we don't even have to think about it. Because if we have to dedicate attention to that, then there's another problem. And oftentimes, that's where people run into problems as well with a proprioception problem. It's the amount of f- conscious focus on where their legs are or not recognizing that they need to be focusing on their legs and they're not focused on it. And so then that's when they fall. So if you're having to think about how to balance while you're walking or while you're holding a conversation, um, that tends to increase fall risk as well. So it's, you, you can't do too many things at once. It's something that should be automatic. And if you have a proprioception problem, that's not happening automatically anymore. You're not getting that information. Now, I've talked, I talked before how you can, we can't bring that proprioception back. So we have to basically make the vestibular system, uh, that much stronger to make up for the proprioceptive loss. Um, but what you can do is a lot of times people will stop using their proprioception. This is very, very common. And you'll probably find this when people are furniture walking or, as uh, some a client recently described it as uh, furniture surfing, which actually I like a lot better and it's a lot more fun. But um, if if you see uh, someone furniture walking or furniture surfing, they're touching everything as they're walking around. They're touching furniture. They're touching walls, um, and you know they'll have their home environment kind of set up where they always have some place to touch. Um, if they're not, especially if they're not using a walker. Um, basically, what's going on is as they use their hands more to tell themselves about how to balance, they're using their legs less, less, and less. And so they, they're not using their proprioception. So no matter how much proprioception they have left, they, they might have plenty of proprioception. They may not be using it. And so we can gain, we can make huge gains with that person by simply bringing that back and getting them to use their proprioception again and by you by using their legs again. And this kind of goes back to the behavioral part. And this is a very, very, very common story. Um, and so you might have just, you know, minimal to moderate proprioceptive loss persons, 85 years old, um, and their furniture walking, um, and you bring back their use of their legs to help them balance and their proprioception to help them balance. And then you can make big gains with that person because now you can really bring that sense back if it's still there simply by getting them to use it again. So they have a very, very valuable tool, but they're not using it. And that's the other problem with furniture walking. And that's why it's such a downward spiral. Um, because not only is it, you know, your balance system declines overall, um, you're eventually going to miss an object or an object's going to be more unstable than you thought. 
but also, um, you're not utilizing your main balance system, which is your legs in this case. And you're not using proprioception, which is a very, which is a very valuable sense to use and to harness and to keep going as we get older. Um, and then the person doesn't use it. So if you don't use it, you lose it. So back to the vestibular system, back to strength and power, back to uh, all these different things. Same with the proprioception system. If you don't use it, you lose it. Same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, earlier when you were laying out, maybe stepping up on a curb, and these are just realities of, of day-to-day life. So it's not like people who have problems with proprioception are are being affected in ways where they can't perform like very high level tasks. It's just, it impairs their real daily life in a very significant way. Uh, can you share with us maybe a few real life scenarios of when proprioception has gotten to the point where it impaired someone's life in that way? And then uh, what you did to help that person? Yeah. So it's, it might be, it might be a, let's say a younger, uh, healthier person or someone with good balance. It didn't have to be a younger person. You have plenty of older people with great balance. Their balance is good overall. And when you do formal testing with them, their balance is actually quite good. Their vestibular system is relatively good, but they're, they're active. They live life, um, faster than their peers. And, um, and they're physically active. Um, but what's happening is they fall randomly and that's kind of a, that's a red flag in my head of a proprioception problem. I'm falling randomly. I don't know why. Do you have any dizziness? Nope. Do you, uh, do you have problems with balance overall? Nope. You know, and as you see them move, they move actually quite fine. Um, and they'll, but they'll have multiple falls sometimes with or without injuries. And they always have an explanation as to why they fell. And so they can rationalize, well, this happened. Well, I tripped on this and that's why I fell. And the assumption is that that's normal. But again, back to the, the, let's say, um, a 50 year old, right. That doesn't have a proprioception problem. They trip on things all the time. They don't fall and they don't even recognize oftentimes that they tripped on something. They just keep going. The brain doesn't even recognize it. And that goes back to the, how we automatically do things with our balance in life that we don't even think about. And the proprioception helps with that. So we don't even have to think about it. So in this case, we have someone whose balance is very, very good. Their vestibular system is pretty good. Um, but they're still falling randomly. So in this case, it's, uh, teaching them about what, what to do and what not to do is the proprioception complete, uh, gone that we're not going to be able to bring it back. And also what's also wrong with the vestibular system and then getting that as good as, as good as we can really challenging the vestibular system, um, over a period of, of several months, um, to get that system as fine tuned as much as possible. And then if the person also knows to be extra aware, extra aware of curbs, extra aware of stairs, not putting themselves into situations where they could literally get tripped up and then fall, um, can be massively powerful. And then, so then you can go months and years without where the person's not falling anymore. And then you can prevent, um, you know, that, them falling and breaking a hip or falling and having a head injury, you know, down the road. And we, we've seen that many times. Um, another scenario might be you have a, an older person, um, who's falling randomly and their balance has quickly become impaired all of a sudden overnight. And at this point, sometimes the, the neurologist or their doctor is looking for, um, for something, uh, something very scary, a brain tumor, a stroke, something, why are they all of a sudden randomly falling? And it's, it's oftentimes a combination of, um, if it's not all those things you have 
of a Stibler system that's gotten older, that's not up to par. And then if they have complete proprioceptive loss, they're not feeling where their legs are in space. Um, it could be just one hospital visit where they were operating just fine. They go to the hospital, and, but all of a sudden their vestibular system is much weaker. And so now they have a weakened vestibular system along with complete proprioceptive loss that they didn't know about, may have been living with for years, maybe had a few falls randomly here and there, um, maybe like more like our first scenario, but then they go in the hospital and now their vestibular system is weaker than it was. Now you have two major problems that result in the person falling quite a bit. Um, that's another scenario. And they may or may not have dizziness with it. The loss of proprioception can also contribute to dizziness, uh, especially with older people, because the brain just basically doesn't know how to interpret the information. And so it goes back to dizziness can be described as woozy. It can be described as lightheaded, uh, unsteady, and it can, the symptoms can be very, very vague. And that's true for vestibular problems. It's also for proprioception problems. If you have all these senses that are going to the brain that are not going, they're not operating properly or suboptimally or not at all, the brain can get very confused and the person can perceive themselves as dizzy. So it can happen with or without dizziness. Um, so another scenario, probably more very common scenario is, let's say an older person, they're kind of physically declining. Their strength is declining. Their furniture walking more. Um, they may or may not have dizziness. Um, and they, on top of that, they have a proprioception problem and they're going through that downward spiral of using their hands to tell the brain where they are in space. Um, they're not using their proprioception, whatever they have left of it. And so it's this downward spiral. And that's a very, very common problem with all of these scenarios. We're able to help that person tremendously. So the education, um, the, uh, the training of the vestibular system to make that as strong as possible. And in the case of the of the older person who's physically declining, it's addressing the behavior of furniture walking or getting them a walker as well. What assistive device do they need? Do they need to be on a walker for a temporary period of time while we get them better? And so that's another uh, key element of it. Do they need, do they need a walker? Do they, what do they need to be safe right now? So there's a number of different scenarios that we commonly see all the time. Well, that was um, a lot of information we, we covered, um, why it's so frequently misdiagnosed, uh, what it is in general. Can you give us just overall your key takeaways from everything you've told us today? Yeah. If you're, if you're falling randomly or if you're tripping randomly and then falling, it's, it's not just because there, there's always a reason it, it always goes back to that. It, it's, um, there is a cause, there is a reason don't ignore it. Um, start finding out why, because that problem's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. There's something going on. It may not be a proprioception problem. It might be something else, but if you're, if you're falling, um, there is a reason why. So basically find out, um, if you're having problems on stairs and you know, you're tripping up on curbs and all these things and, and you weren't having that problem before there's something going on. Um, and I think the main takeaway is proprioception is a major contributing factor to why a lot of people have balance problems. That's often undiagnosed, unrecognized, maybe talked about and given lip service to, but not fully, tested and treated in, in an effective way. And we know this because we run into people all the time, uh, when they, when they get to us. Um, and so that's, that's our, our specialty. So that's what we address. Um, so it's, it's recognizing that all these different things go together to make our balance system the way it is. So there's lots of things that can be done 
and that's the good news, to make people's balance better, to prevent them from falling, and to compensate when we need to, whether it's a walker, whether it's um, you know using railings or using uh, a sturdy arm on, on curbs and recognizing that that's okay. All these different things come together. And again, it's very individual to the specific person. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Um, each individual is different. Each client is different. Each patient is different and where they are and what they want to get back to doing in their life. And that's everything. People have different aspirations. Um, so it's, you know, how good do we have to get them in order to get them back to what they really want to do? And I think that's, that's the most important thing, of course, to keep them safe, keep them out of the hospital, uh, all those things. And, um, so that they can continue to be active and independent as long as possible in their home, in the community, wherever they want to be. And so that, that's why they continue to have a fulfilled life. And if I could add personally, one huge takeaway for me is now that we know what comprises the the proprioceptive or, or our proprioception and a big part of it is vision, don't hinder yourself by turning off the lights. It's the simple things like that as well. Maybe now that we know how it works, we can do a lot of things to help ourselves in that way. Oh, absolutely. And that's the, it's a very um, simple thing to do. If you're finding that you're having problems walking in the dark, it's, you know, get automated lights. It's, you know, turn on the light. Uh, and oftentimes, and I've talked to you a lot about this hand mark. So the, the depression left a lasting impact through the generations, including mine. Right. Uh, and one of that is the tendency to not turn the lights on, to save on electricity, to save energy. This is part of the holistic approach to, to our population. If, if we're working with people in their, in their eighties and nineties, and sometimes even their seventies, the depression was not that far away from them. Sometimes they actually lived it and those habits are still there. And in my case, um, my, my mother, um, basically trained us to basically turn the lights off as soon as possible. And it was drilled into us from her father who where the depression left a lasting impact on him because it significantly impacted his life. And if that, that often is what goes on with a lot of our clients, they don't turn the lights on. And so just incorporating those sorts of things, the automatic lights, turning the lights on. Um, and again, that behavior change can make a big difference can be the difference between someone, um, being able to walk in their home safely, um, versus, uh, versus uh, not being able to see properly and then falling because they've taken away a third of their balance because they're walking around in the dark. Right. Well, um, this past hour was full of incredibly valuable information about a subject that has a very large impact on the day-to-day lives of a lot of people. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely. Thank you, Anmar. Hey, everybody. This is the producer, Anmar here. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. If you want to subscribe to the Optimove podcast, head to www.podcast.optimovedfw.com. That's where you'll find links to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Once again, that's www.podcast.optimovedfw.com. To learn more about Optimove, our practice, go to www.optimovedfw.com. And lastly, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, give us a call at 214-712-8242. That's 214-712-8242. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.